Iowa everywhere. From the Channel Seed Studios. Studios. Welcome to The Hook. A look behind the lines with Mike Palm and Ken Miller. Powered by Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. This is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. And hello again, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hook, a beautiful Friday night here in the uh, state capital of Des Moines. Mike Palm, of course, beautiful night where he's at. Uh, he is uh, in uh, Las Vegas, uh, of course, the vice president of operations for Circus Sports. You guys have got a lot of publicity, Mike Palm, this last couple of days. Good to speak with you. So uh, what I'm talking about is Mountain West Football Media Days. Uh, took over at least a portion of Circa. They have uh, a big event at Stadium Swim. There was a lot of social media on that that moved it inside and upstairs uh, to the actual media press conferences. But all in all, for the first time, a conference knocked on your door that wanted to hold media days. Uh, would you consider it a success? Oh, I think it was uh, on a scale of one to 10, it was about a 14. Wow. It, it was really, really great. And I just, since we talked on the radio this morning with Trent, I got a nice email from um, the host of their studio show and uh, the deputy commissioner saying how nice the trip was and, and they loved it. And thanks for all the access and the individual attention. Uh, a couple of them are coming back. Stormy, um, who works at VEASAN, yep. uh, started out in the Mountain West working for their network. So she knows all those guys. She's getting married next month. Several of them are coming back. Uh, Stormy yep. Otani. Um I, I wish I could buy stock in her career, Mike. She's very good. She's, uh, she she's very good. And they yep. throw her at XFL and she becomes, you know, the queen of the XFL and yep. real good at hockey, obviously covered the Knights, yep. but just whatever she does real good on the sidelines for football, you know, very patient um, with uh, some coaches that are difficult as she says, mm -hmm. but uh, very patient with them. Anyhow, they're coming back next month for her wedding. So it, the connection came through the Vegas bowl, Jeff Victor, who was one of our vice presidents and his wife are both on the Vegas bowl committee. Yeah. And that's sort of how the connection with the mountain West came about. And, you know, they said they were coming out for a site visit. I thought it was a, a long shot, whether they would pick here because okay. you know, look, the, the over 21 restriction is going to hurt us. Oh, yeah. But the coaches and talking to them say, hey, it's great. We get to bring our 50-year seniors, our, our mm -hmm. team captains, not just the young guys that are the studs, and, and kind of reward mm -hmm. them in the media days too. Um, and it's not really a party. I mean, this is these guys are working the whole time, and they're, sure. right, they're, you know, they're covering things and then writing a couple stories at night too. So it's stuff that's going on. But I thought it was terrific, and uh, I know they're meeting to, to work on contracts for next year and beyond uh, as we speak. Well, that that's good. So, all the did all the teams stay at Circle? Was that part of it? And all the players, yeah. coaches, everybody, all the coaches and the SDIs and all that, and the players, they all stayed at Circa. There was a terrific video that the Mountain West tweeted out on Tuesday night. The players in the pool and eating at Stadium. I saw swim. the food. Yeah, yeah, really well done. Yeah, no, the food looked really well done too. That was a heck of a spread. Was that done on site? It was Saginaw it was. does does that. Is that where you guys do it? Victory Victory Burger and Saginaw's combined gotcha. to provide the food for Stadium Swim. Yeah. Um, boy, you know, speaking of Victory Burger, I'm seeing, and I don't know what it is. You know, that on Twitter now they have that for you. I must have clicked on a Victory Burger once. I'm getting more Twitter on Victory Burger and, you know, pictures of the food yeah. and the, the overhang when you can look down into the book. Was that, um, you know, for people that have been there and the people that are going to be there, was that always the plan to put that up there? 
or yeah. that's just extra space you had to fill it and we got oh, to no, make a no. and see that the owners of victory burgers same that own aci at the d um american coney island and of mm-hmm. course the american coney island back in detroit so that was always a plan for them to have a restaurant and be a sports book themed restaurant that was always that was one of the first things in the drawings that you know was put there and, and didn't move yeah uh excellent food very popular no doubt about it as all your restaurants. i mean all of them are doing very well right even from jackpots the coffee spot at the end when you get off the uh uh elevators that's got a crowd every morning and the coffee's really good obviously berries downstairs the steakhouse is terrific uh upstairs ad east and saginaw all both doing really well really well saginaw's probably had the best growth over the last six months or so uh, the 24-hour Jewish deli, and then, of course, Andiamo uh, at the D and, and yeah. ACI. So all the restaurants are very good. Any plans at Circa to expand restaurants? Is there ro- I'm sure there's room, but are there plans on the drawing board at this uh, time? We don't have anything that's really quick serve. That's the one thing we lack, but there's certain things that we can't have that would take away from our existing partners. So, ah. uh, you know, there's there's some finesse to all that, but, you know, there's really no place you can get food in five minutes, right? And right. So, we, I, we recognize that as one of the needs. Yeah, like a, what's the Sabaro pizza? Is that what yeah, the, something like that? Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, we shall see. Well, let's talk about sports betting. Of course, this is, uh, we're two rounds into the the British Open, the Open Championship, and American Brian Harmon, who you guys started out at 145 to 1 to win this tournament. That's what you could have got Harmon at. Um, did you see much action on Harmon at that number prior to the first uh, first round? No, he's a pretty good winner to us. Um, what I find intriguing uh, is what his price is now, and I don't know if we have it up. I've seen it, I've seen it at a couple other books, but he's got a five-stroke lead, Ken, uh, and he's and he's plus one eighty uh, to win the tournament. I saw. I don't know what our number is. I'm just checking to see if we have it posted for, you know, repost the tournament odds. But uh, I found that to be a, maybe maybe I don't know you know and I'm not a big golf better yeah um, but that's I saw Fleet Fleetwood was four some places and I want to say that um, Rory McIlroy was eleven maybe Spieth was eight or something those type of numbers yeah I don't see our they probably won't repost till after six Pacific just looking at the uh, the screen here to see. Uh, to see what other places uh, to see what other places are at right now. Eh, one fifty to one seventy. Harmon Fleetwood four fifty to five dollars. Rory around ten to one. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing with Harmon. I saw somebody tweeted this out that he's had the lead after thirty six holes. I think five times in his career, and he's yet yeah. to seal the deal. So, yeah. uh, but I'm not sure that he had a five stroke lead. Right. Uh, in mm-hmm. this. So what's this tournament like time-wise out in the Pacific time zone? I think the leaders tee off out there tomorrow with Pacific time. It'll be like yep. 730 in the morning. Yep. yep. And we'll have a nice crowd a little with a yep. little later tee off because now we've cut the field down and uh, it should be good. Uh, um, it should be good tomorrow um, and Sunday. I'm just looking at the baseball schedule for tomorrow. They're very strange. Some of these Saturdays, you know, only three games before one o'clock Pacific again. Sometimes there's only one or two, but yeah. so they'll have the whole morning window to themselves, basically. A um, little bit of Cardinals-Cubs attention, probably, but that's about it. And then so many 1 o'clock games every week. All right, and tonight, of course, we got the first round for the women's. Uh, the U.S. women take on Vietnam tonight in the Women's World Cup. 
big event for you guys out there, Mike? Well, we'll see. Or is, as it, does it build as it goes on? We'll see. I mean, you know, it's all under so far. Five and zero to the unders. Oh, in is it World Cup? But uh, now, now you get. USA minus five and a half at a total of six or stuff like that. You know what I mean? The, yeah. I don't know how you can play these games um, like that and or the total, right? And you can't parlay them. It's a correlated parlay. So there's a really tough. I say you got to get try to identify match. In men's, I always say you don't want a team that's favored by more than half a goal, right? You keep it to a half or a pick. In women's, I think you have to expand it to one full goal. But, you know. Those are actually few and far between. There's usually only one of those in, in these group stages, you know, one matchup that's mm-hmm. like that. And then obviously when you get to the knockout round, it'll change. So when there when there is an event like this that, uh, I mean, everybody's rooting for the red, white, and blue, right? What does that do as far as prices? Because you know that, I mean, the majority of people are going to log on their app and they're going to bet the good old USA. Uh, how do you guys how do you guys take that into consideration? Yeah, it affects the future price a bit. I'm not I, I I'm interested to see how it'll go game to game. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in these lopsided matchups. I remember they beat Vietnam like thirteen to nothing a few years ago. So who oh, knows? Geez. I mean it's they're not as dominant, I think, as at one point, but still with some of these smaller countries that, you know, qualify at the end, it's it's you know, very difficult to assess it. So We'll see. I'm, I'm interested. They get a couple primetime games before they go to the, that, you know, 2 a.m. window or whatever yeah, for their last game. Um, it's funny how it worked out. They get a primetime Friday night game. But yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes. I don't have huge expectations, honestly. Yeah. So what would that be? Would you do – is that a five-figure ty- five type of right? Per game? Yeah. No. I mean, tonight, Viet- Vietnam, USA, at all your I mean, properties. Maybe. You can- maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I certainly not. So far, what we've seen in the early games is not five figures. Um, even the Australia game, which I thought would get bet with the injury news late, um, didn't quite get to five figures. Yeah. It, if what, uh, if the Americans do advance to the final, then it is a prime time event. Yeah. Um, well, will people dress up like like World Cup soccer for for the men or any of the any of the big tournaments? You you guys, I, mean, I saw some video from the Mexican contingent of fans yeah. that were in Very place. They were ordained, yes. you know, and the Perfect. band they had drums and you know. Yep. But even like in Champions, when you get to the semifinals and that, they all wear the jerseys of the teams, mm-hmm. whether it's Man Manchester City or whoever you know was there, Barcelona, these teams. Um, and the Americans, you know, more more like they wear the color, you know, this right, red, yeah. and blue than than anything. A little bit more reserved, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let, let's move around. Let's bounce around. I want to go back to uh, college football. What did you see with the Mountain West being in your place? Was there, you know, there's a lot of media there. I'm guessing that uh, there was a very good media turnout. Uh, media members, the ones I know anyways, like the fire. Um, did you see that? Were there some futures being purchased? Yeah. We did good action on the Mountain West, more on the win totals. Boise's yeah. a pretty heavy favorite. Remember, they ran the table but then lost the conference championship yeah. game. They deserve to be the favorite. I think they're 190 at Circa. You can find them at $2, 205 in the market. They should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have, you know, you have um, Fresno State, uh, Air Force, and um, San Diego State that kind of make up that next group. Yeah. Air Force, look at Air Force's schedule, Kenny. They will be favored in every game until they could play at Boise on the last game of the year. The conference schedule is incredibly easy non-conference, whereas Boise's is hard. I mean, Boise goes to Washington and they get Central Florida. I mean, there's they don't really have a breather, which 
is good for betting them to win the conference. It'll toughen them up, you hope, yeah, the, the yeah. better competition. But Air Force, I mean, I know they have to replace the quarterback and the, the, the lead tailback in mm-hmm. that triple option. Their defense has been getting better the last couple of years. So, you know, if you can keep that, that ground game consistent and not turn the ball over, look at Air Force at, you know, plus 420 because they're probably going to be in the title game because of their schedule being so easy. And even if they lose to Boise and play Boise in the title game, they're not going to be plus 420. So, um, and, and what's, what was their total? Do you know the total wins? Um, eight, eight and a half. The, the total is I think higher than Boise's might even be nine. Boise's was a flat eight. San Diego state's a little interesting at seven to one. You know, they changed quarterbacks middle mid year that Jalen made and he was terrific mm-hmm. and they were a different team. So that would be the other one. I look at Tedford's a great coach, great yeah. quarterback, mm-hmm. but he's got to replace, you know, best quarterback, best receiver. So What's you and the angle there? What's UNLV going to be like? Of course, we were out there a couple of years ago watching Iowa State. It was it wasn't much of a game? Well, you know, they won more games last year, and they they blew a couple games too. But then they fired the coach still. So yeah, Barry Odom comes in. We'll see. Can they keep making progress? Wyoming. I met Craig Bowl for the first time. Of course, oh, had did tremendous you? Success. Yeah. built that program at North Dakota State. Sure did. Uh, you know, they just win six, seven, or eight games every year. You can mm-hmm. set your watch to it, but that's what they win: six, seven, or eight games. So. <laughs> Um, interesting, interesting times. Timmy Chang. I met Timmy Chang. This will be his second. He, everybody's down on them as them and New Mexico are the worst two teams, at least from, you know, listening to all these guys that cover the, cover the schools, another long year for Timmy Chang, they said, but, uh, interesting. We did take good action on the conference though, with, uh, you know, with the reporters, uh, all out here. <laughs> I bet you did. Well, the good news for Timmy Chang, let's go back to Hawaii at the, uh, yeah. you know, after a game on Saturday, whether it goes their way uh, or not. So UNLV, they, they, they uh, play in the home of the Raiders, Allegiant Stadium. Uh, they used to be out at Sam Mack. Is, is, is Allegiant Stadium too big for them? You know well, what I mean? You put, what did they draw, 20? I don't know how you can argue they should be at Sam Boyd, though. Uh, Sam Boyd, right? Not Sam Mack, Sam Boyd. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it helps the recruiting, I would think, to, yeah. to play at Allegiant. Now, they don't play on the same field as the Raiders. No, they that's play true. in the same stadium because yeah. the Raiders have their own grass that they grow and, mm-hmm. and store in the sta- under the stadium. Um, the college field is actually eight feet below um, the pro field. It's really interesting. When I went with Brent Musburger for the BYU-Notre Dame game, I was just wowed by it, you know, the mm-hmm. difference. Yeah. Um, but – yeah, I don't know. They're just they're not they're playing in an NFL stadium, but they're not quite ready for, for Broadway, right? Or primetime, yeah. however you want however you want to say it. Um we'll see. Um it, it's amazing how many of these kids fly from LA and San Diego right over Las Vegas to go to Boise, Idaho, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair point, fair point. All right, let's talk a little baseball as we're well into the second half. Uh, of the season. You know what I'm starting to figure out here, Mike? It, it looks to me like the Brewers are about to run away. Are, well, I'll ask, I'll ask it this way. Is the Central, which has been such a crapshoot, just puts poor baseball uh, in both of them. Are the two teams that, we, uh, that were favored prior to the year in the Twins and the Brewers, I guess Cardinals were probably favored, but the Brewers and the Twins look like they're starting to separate themselves? I would say Brewers, yes. And look, Burns is, is starting to look like Burns again, right? He lost the other day. Really lost his way early, and he couldn't throw a strike. He couldn't throw the. He could, had no command on his breaking pitch, 
and he's been he's been that Burns that was you know right there in the Cy Young race. And what, what did he start out the year two years ago? Forty eight strikeouts before he had a walk, and then we had games this year where he was walking was? four and five guys. Yeah, he's that was his first first four or five starts that year. Um, I, I'm still not sold on the Twins. You know, I bought the White Sox tickets, and they find every way to mm-hmm. lose games. Um, they got to get Giolito out of there. He he's he's no good. But anyhow, and Lance Lynn, the Tigers hanging in there. They're interesting. Remember, the whole starting staff's been on the DL the first half mm-hmm. of the year. Mm-hmm. They get Scooby Bay. I think it's, I think it, they're a little interesting. I just, and at the end of the day, I say I guess the, maybe the Guardians will do it just because they get the most out of their pitching staff, but they don't hit the ball for periods nope. of time as well. Yeah. So, um, Cardinals were interesting. What they won seven in a row today before the Cubs fight, got to Flaherty mm-hmm. and won that game four to three. That's a big win for the Cubs, just to keep them around. You got to keep around yeah. in these wild card races. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would, I think I'm pretty fairly confident Milwaukee's going to win, but I still think the AL central is, is, you know, I think there's three teams live there. Gotcha. Uh, let, let's go to the uh, national league West and, and what we're, what we're starting to see out there. Um, I think we're going to have a real race, Mike. I really do. And I think it's four teams because I know the Padres, you've been down on them all year. It's hard not to be, I get it. Uh, Musgrove's pitching well. Uh, Soto's hitting the ball and has been for a while. Um, Snell has been terrific. Darvish the other day was really, really good. I know you got to put them together and stack them up. I get that. Uh, but is it a four-team race or am I, am I too optimistic on the Padres? I'm out on the Padres, but it could happen. But the, the, the bullpen is awful. The bull, I bet their bullpen's blown 15 games from this year. Mm-hmm. And they missed Suarez. I think if they had Suarez, he's worth eight plus games to them. And then we're talking about they're right there with the Giants and D-backs chasing the Dodgers, right? And yeah. you know they're eight over instead of eight under. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting because everybody's oh the, look at the Dodgers. You know they went they went two out of three, and then they went two out of three in Baltimore, and now they go for an interesting series in Texas. And I I just have one question for those people. And Matt Humans took them with his pick in it. Tell me their starting rotation in the playoffs. You can't. It's Kershaw and then what? What? Urias is awful. Yeah. You got a bunch of young kids that throw four innings. Gonsolin only gives you five, maybe six. Yep. What have you got there? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they go get a starter. Well, uh, who did I see has been rumored? Giolito's been rumored to. to, uh, Yeah, I know. I think he he might be the guy that goes there because I don't think Mm -hmm. Cleveland, I don't think they're going to give up Bieber when they're still so close. Uh, and I think yeah. this guy's got years on him. I mean, Bieber's not that old. Remember, right. he's three years removed from a unanimous Cy Young. Yep. No, he's a hell of a player. No doubt yeah. about that. Um, yeah, I'm in on him. But you're, but the question is is fair. I mean, who's gonna? What's the starting rotation gonna be like when you? Well, Houston, the, the GM for Houston came out and said at the All Star break, we need to go out and get an arm. Yeah. I mean, Houston. So yeah. they, you know, they need to. They got a bunch of guys that are there. That JP France was good again, and, and but. You know, Urquidy being out, they've had injuries. And, you know, who do you stack up behind, you know, Framber and Javier, right? Mm -hmm. Who's that three guy? And they're still searching for that solid three. Maybe it could be the rookie France. I don't know. Yeah. Lance Lynn, there's been some Texas talk uh, with with Lance Lynn. He needs to change his scenery. He's not a one, two, or a three, but he could be like a four. He might have done the most in the last, you know, 10 years in baseball with one pitch. He has one pitch. He has about four, but he's a one pitch. 
Now he's pitched decently, and they've yeah. won his starts like three out of four. I mean, mm-hmm. since I bet them, and I said somehow they got to get him out of the rotation, he's been the most reliable pitcher. He's actually been more reliable than Cease. Yeah. So I mean, everybody wants Cease, but I don't think he. I don't think he. Oh can no, no, no! They're not going to give up Cease. You can't. Yeah. He's he's what you build your rotation around. Yeah. Um, what the? So, we had this conversation last. Last week, there's 33 home games left for the Angels. Artie Moreno's got to listen, don't you think, to offers for Otani? He won't do it, Ken. He's not going to sit across the table and tell this kid, sorry, you can't win the MVP that they're going to give you in in two months. That brings up an interesting question. So if he's traded to the National League, what happens? The vote has to be based on only the games he played in the American League, and he misses the last however many, right? Two months. 50-some games. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yes. I don't think he can win it. They said some, some people told me, well, if he gets traded August 1st, he's still the AL MVP. Yeah, That's not going to so. happen. That's yeah. not happening. Okay. Right. You know, um, so, and he's not going to get traded to the American, an American league team. I can't believe I, I, I think it's, I really think, and I don't think he wants to go to New York. Uh-huh. I think it's LA or, or it's the Dodgers or the Padres to me. Mm-hmm. Padres, would they make that move? They were I mean, talking they about to, it last right? year. I mean, they were talking about how, how much their marketing teams were doing research on how much revenue he creates for merchandising and ticket sales. Yeah. And and sponsorships like us. <laughs> right. Yeah, your ticket would go up, right? Yeah. If Otani's there for it next went up year. Because they made the they made the NLCS and then it would go up again because of Otani. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's good stuff. Has Derek been flying over as much this year with the disappointing season? Have you guys no, been over there? He's been there four times, three oh, times. Oh, has he? Okay. Times. They brought a group during All Star break of their black card holders, whatever their elite suite holders. Yeah. Came up to circa fifteen of them came up to circa and spent the All Star break with us and a lot of people that had never been here before. So that was really good. Uh, away from sports, but staying staying with Circa, uh, Barbie. <laughs> I, I I saw some uh, pictures of Circa, the building, the the hotel itself yeah. at night. Boy, it pops. I can't believe how many groups of, of mostly women, but have come down here. They've never been here before, all dressed up in pink outfits to spend the night out here, have dinner, go to Legacy. Yeah. It, and they've never been. They live in Summerlin. They've never been here, but they want to get into that theme. And it's about the color, Ken. It's about that color. Is pink. that what it is? It really is. I think that. I think that's what it's about. It's just a theme, a reason for a party, but people will come out for it. And white and pink right now in the, the midst of 112 degrees makes a lot of sense. Yeah, is the is the heat wave? I mean, it's still lingering, right? How hot did it get? Did you hit one sixteen? One fourteen or fifteen the other day. Yeah, it's brutal, and you know, five o'clock in the afternoon is really brutal. But I mean, it's pretty hot at one o'clock in the afternoon too. I mean, you get that stretch from like one to seven, and the sun doesn't go down till eight. So, brutal. Mike, you have a good week. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Who? Let's finish on this. Who don't you need to win the U.S. Open? Who would be a bad result for Circa? Um, let me pull it up. Get the updated the updated number for you here. I guess Fleetwood's the worst of of what's close. Spieth, uh, Spieth's about the same as Fleetwood. Straka's a little worse, but uh, I'm looking at and McElroy's about half as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we we say keep that lead. First time, hold on, please, yeah. hold on. Yeah. I want to ask you a question, Kenny. All right. I, I think it's the 41st or 42nd anniversary this week, Wednesday was, of the death of Roger Doucette. Yeah. Remember Roger? As a Canadian, as a Canadian though, as a as an English speaking only and not not Montreal or Quebec. Right. 
Yeah. Was Rozier dissent important for the whole country? No, because um, back when it back in those days, I mean, I grew up in a um, English. I mean, yeah. Winnipeg was there was there was a French speaking St. Boniface is a French community there, yeah. but it was kind of divided, Mike. And I'll tell you what, the first time I got to Montreal, I was blown away. I love Montreal, old Montreal and Quebec City. Um, but no, has um, it been that long since that passed away? I think 81 or 82. He was a huge star there in the 70s. I remember yes. because of the dual language Cops. national anthem, singing French right. and English. Yes. And I still see people say, you know, that that was our favorite version ever of the national anthem. I, I, I'll tell you an interesting story to your point. Of the American national anthem? No, uh, no of O Canada. Okay. Of o Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he alternated verses yep. in French yep. and English. And he wore a tuxedo. Um, right. And he, I remember him in commercials and the, yeah, and it, um, I think when they when they opened the Molson Center, they played the the anthem at the first one at the Molson Center was a video of him singing it from the forum. But anyhow, in the years I ran the Fitzgerald's Poker Room, which was six years, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was only one physical fight we ever had in the room. Really? And it was during a tournament, <laughs> and it was between a French speaker from Montreal and a guy from Alberta. Yeah, I could see it. A big fight. I couldn't believe it. It came to blows. And I didn't I didn't even at that point in my life, this is like 2009, understand well, that late. Yeah. Understand how, how hostile it was. Well, Quebec wanted to secede from from Canada. And this guy who played in our room a lot, they came a yeah. lot, the French speaker. Well, he spoke yeah. English, but but they were French speaker. Yeah. He was a secessionist. He yeah. he was a big secessionist. Right. So <laughs> Yeah, and then they had the whole FLQ thing in the seventies. You're probably too young for that. No, I but, don't remember uh, that. Yeah, no, it was it was a big deal. Uh, good stuff, Mike Palm. Thanks for doing this, Roger Doucet. I did not know this. God, it's a long time. My gosh, <laughs> now I can remember those pipes vividly. Well, the Canadians in the seventies, they were on all the time, right? I mean, they, they were, dominate. How many cups? Four and they were winning all the four with Bowman, and I mean, yeah. how, how about Bowman? Does anybody ever talk about Bowman as the greatest coach of team sports in North America? He might be. You could make the argument. You, you can everywhere you he went. Check, right? He won titles everywhere. Yes. Yeah, Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. Uh, what did he win there? Two. Yes, he had a good team in St. Louis. I mean, yeah. went just everywhere he went. He took the teams to the top of the sport. Yeah. That's a very good point. And those Canadians team in the 70s, my God, they were dominant <laughs> at every single position, every single position. Uh, good to talk hockey to end it on a uh, warm July night. We'll see you next week on The Hook. We'll see you hopefully next week on The Hook as well. We appreciate you uh, turning in. It's sponsored by Circus Sports Iowa. That's Mike Palm. I'm Ken Miller. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Iowa everywhere.